Thank you for listening to BLC Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Well, good morning. It's, it's so wonderful to be with you. And when I think of BLC, this is the place where we've been coming for many years uh, before we went to East London for lots of conferences, just coming to receive, coming to drink, coming to just be filled. So today it's the other way around. <laughs> and, uh, but thank you. Before I start, I just want to say thank you for BLC. You've served us so well when we come here for conferences, when we come just to visit. There's many a Sunday that we just came, Sunday evenings we've been just, we just came drive-through, but uh, we, we've been received by you as a, as a family, and uh, thank you for serving us well. And just the words of, of, of Jesus, just saying, a good and faithful servant, you've, you've served well, and keep on doing what you're doing. Um, it's, it's good just to, to come and be refreshed in this place. Um, starting off at the bottom there, I remember the, the smaller uh, auditorium and, and moving to this place and just see the growth of what's happening and what God is busy doing uh, amongst you. And we are so encouraged to listen and to see what's happening and, and so it also helps us as we also grow uh, in the context of what God is doing in the, in the context of kingdom. So thank you, thank you very much for that. And uh, yeah, just to start off a little bit of, of, uh, of myself and just Aniki, you can stand. Thank you. <laughs> She's been part of my life for, for 33 years, well married 33 years, and uh, a wonderful journey that we've walked together. Uh, we've got three uh, sons and uh, five grandchildren. And so 55 years later, God is just expanding our family and just being very gracious with us uh, in our walk. Um, So today I can share a little bit of 55 years with you. And I can say the last 30 years most probably was was the better part of it. But I cannot exclude the the first 20 years because also in the time when I was a sinner, God's grace was there. So that's part of, if I look in the rear mirror, I can look forward and this is what I have. But if I forget that day of uh, Ephesians 2, I was dead in sin and God's grace came and took me out of death and brought me into the place of life, into the place seated in Him in heavenly places. And that is the day when hope started, eternal life started for me and so you've got your own story to tell um, of God's goodness. And the moment we forget that picture, that day, the moment we forget the wonder of God, we lose intimacy, we lose uh, the relationship, we lose the love factor that drives us and keeps us, uh, propelling us in what, doing what we're doing every day. And so... Our journey, uh, just another thing, Aniki married me as a sheep farmer, uh, actually because we ate meat in the mornings and meat in the afternoon and meat in the evenings. And then suddenly, 
the Lord interrupted <laughs> and it all disappeared. <laughs> and she, she was stuck to me without the meat. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we had wonderful times in Coxstead on the farm. Um, Derek and Jean, uh, it's, it's, it's a one, wonderful, just to see you this morning. Um, it's actually their fault that I'm standing here today. <laughs> in 97, uh, God just interrupted our lives. Uh, hungry for the Lord, searching uh, with many answers, uh, asking God uh, for, for um, just direction in our lives. We were pursuing God. We were hungry for God. And I fasted for a week, and uh, just it was before, prior to the September 97 conference in East London, and I didn't tell my wife I'm busy fasting, but I drew a little picture, and I said, Lord, I'm at a crossroad. Which way? And what must I do? And must I continue farming? What must I do? And it's just, just many, many questions. And uh, that second night, I can remember Chris Perks, he spoke on deny yourself. He was a farmer and went into full-time ministry. And, uh, and then Derek came up and he started ministering to us. And I knew I ran to the front and I stood there. But Derek ministered all over the place. And half an hour later, he came and stood in front of me. And he spoke a word that changed my whole life and changed our lives uh, in, in, in pursuing uh, the better part of, of the kingdom. And, uh, but it also brought lots of confusion because the next morning we sat there in bed. So if this is the word, uh, the disciples left everything and followed Jesus, what is it for us? And so it, it was in the outworking, the process of the outworking, the journey the Hebrew 12 run, the race, uh, was the, the difficult part of working out. But I can tell you today, in hindsight also, and looking forward because of what I've experienced, in all our seasons, in winter season, in spring, in summer season, in autumn, in the valleys, in the hilltops, Whatever season we've experienced, in the season of lack, in the season of abundance, I can tell you today, never, never has God left us without His love, without His provision, without His faithfulness, without His constant chasing after us with His love and His grace. And I'm going to throw out a lot of stuff today just for you because every one of you are in a Certain place, you've got a certain need today. Maybe it's healing, maybe it's breakthrough, maybe it's just to hear a word today and say, Lord, I'm in this place, I'm stuck. I need to be unstuck. And maybe just to persevere, maybe just a word of encouragement. I'm here today and I'm just gonna share Psalm 46 with you. Um, and it's gonna be, it's just a, a simple Psalm, but if you don't lay hold of the word that will anchor you and the application of the word because the application will propel you into victory. It's no use for us just to hear the word. And I lived for many of those years trying to find answers for us. I lived in Psalms. And I read and I read and I then I didn't read David's name and I started reading Kunrad's name and I, and I tried to find myself in the Psalms. My emotions are, are found in all of David's words. I didn't have words those days 
to pray. And I used David's words to pray. And it became part of me. And then I started praying the Psalms back to God. And my, my heart cry became a declaration unto God. And, and that is what I want to leave with you today, is anchor yourself in the Word. We, today in 2019, we are so bombarded by information, Facebook, WhatsApps. I mean, if you wake up and you pick your phone up, there's 20 messages, there's 20 emails, there's this, there's that. And the moment you grab that thing, all the stuff, you start to run your day. And then you forget just to anchor yourself again in your journey with Jesus. And you lose a little bit of a sense of, of your intimacy and your love for Jesus. And so I want to encourage you once again, just to get back to the place of keep the main thing the main thing. Keep it stup uh, simple, stupid. <laughs> That's what the Springboks did yesterday. <laughs> so, um, and so, there's, in this journey, we learn to stay faithful. In this journey, we served. In this journey, we persevered. In this journey, we learned patience. In, just, in this journey, uh, we, live, uh, we, we le learned to, uh, to walk in long obedience. Long obedience, um, walking. Maybe you do not understand everything, but you still wanting to obey God, although you do not understand everything. And, and so, so that was uh, the stuff. In 97, a defining factor in 2008, um, just working through the wrong pers perspectives of your dreams and your visions and that what you wanted to happen, and the Lord crushes all of that. And he starts to birth and nurture and mature his plan, his purposes in your life. And you start to live out what he's put in your heart. And in, in July 2008, I thought, well, yeah, we've got the full picture now. We, we're in the church in Coxted and a lot of good stuff happening. Um, it's, we're in a good place. And then John phoned us end of uh, 2007 Will we come and serve and help Chris and Tersha Liebenberg in, in Filiunskuren? And then I knew if I said yes at that moment, then everything that was important for me at that stage will become unimportant. And so when we said yes, I said to John, John, I know what I will answer you now, but I want to include my wife in all of this. And God was so faithful, within two weeks, God spoke to her. And it wasn't, oh, shame. It was, be bold, be strong. <laughs> Do not fear. <laughs> it, was, it was Joshua 1 verse 9. <laughs> so God, sometimes just, we need, a lot of you today, you need a statement. God saying to you today, be bold, be strong, be courageous. Do not fear. I'm with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That was, his, what, that was Moses' charge uh, before he died for Joshua and them. And then God spoke to Joshua again. Moses spoke to Joshua. So he got so much confirmation of, you're going to lead a people, and you're going to need courage. You're going to need boldness. In this journey, you will not be able to fear. 
You will have my presence because where you're going today, Joshua, you haven't been before. But I'm leading you into a promised land, but you cannot go without my presence. Moses in Exodus 33 says, it is my presence that will distinguish you from the rest of the other, all the other people on the face of the earth. And so that's basically getting to Philean Scroon. And in the next seven years, we served Chris and Tasha. That's, God gave me two scriptures. And that's all we did. We served and upheld their arms high. And we released them to do a lot of stuff that they couldn't do at that stage. And, and, and after, I think, six or seven years, they left for East London. And from there, uh, we, we picked up the responsibility of running with the Filion Skruen Church um, in Filion Skruen. And it's been such a wonderful journey. Um, and there's, there's always a choice of picking the road uh, with low resistance. But we've never been like that, I think, from day one. When hunger struck my heart, I always chose the higher road. But the problem with the higher road, there's always this, this resistance. And sometimes it's deeper and more, and sometimes it's, it's better. But always you're challenging. We are pushing the boundaries because that's what the kingdom does. The kingdom is constantly expanding and breaking open a way. And if you follow in that path of letting the kingdom come, you will face this sense of resistance constantly in your life. Uh, deeper sometimes but, and, and better other times, but constantly it will, it will be there. And um, Psalm 46, we can use it today in your need, in your day of need. But for me, I'm pursuing this Psalm that it will become a lifestyle for me, a day-by-day thing and not just event-based, because faith is not event-based. Faith is rooted in Jesus, and it's a lifestyle. It's a relationship. It's a journey, and we're running a race. We do get distracted, says Hebrew, Hebrews 12, verse, verse 2. In the Amplified, it says, uh, look away from that what distracts, and look and fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the beginning and the perfect of, of our faith. The moment I look away from Jesus, that's the place of danger where I start to strive, start to, to do stuff on my own. And my, my wife knows, she says, you need rest. You get frustrated with people now. So I'm, just stand still and default back to your place with Jesus. And so constantly you must check yourself. Where are you? And so today, I just want to remind yourself again. I want to remind you as a people, as an individual, where you are, Get back to the place of default. Get back in your need, in your situation. Maybe you're facing something. Seek God. Seek God. And uh, last season, um, starting off, we had a, a week of prayer with all the Sutu churches in October last year. And by, by October, I thought, well, it would have been raining already. October went by. November went by. No rain. December went by, half of December went by, no rain. By the 16th of December, we started praying, a group of us on the rugby field, crying out to God for rain. And we started praying and praying. And the rains came in early January. We started, they started planting the 10th of January. Normally they finish by the 20th of December. They started preparation of their lands by the 10th of January. 
And then from there, we continued praying. Said, Lord, in your mercy, extend this season. Because uh, frost was coming normally, it comes in May. And we need about 120 days for the maize. And so we continuously declared God's goodness and God's mercy and God's love, God's faithfulness in our midst. But that what we were facing was the opposite. But do you know what happened? We lived in a miracle season. People harvested this year. They planted and harvested in the same year. It's not normally, it's not normal. (laughs) And the crops that they got was normal crops. The price was higher. And so this was, this is one testimony. So this year, same thing, drought. And what do you do? You start to refer back. And you start to find the places where God was good. He did stuff. And then you take that and say, you see there, you see at the Red Sea, God parted the, the sea. You see there at, at the water where, where it was bitter, there God gave you sweet water. You see where you're crying out for, for water in, uh, in the desert uh, and, for, and for food. You see there, God fed you. And all of this, this is, this is the things that you need to write down. Put a date to it because you, they will guide you for the way forward. They show you God was good. He is good. He will be good because he never changes. Um, and that's the reminder that you need to put anchors into your life, uh, reminders into your life, defaults into your life. Get back to the place. You see, our graph goes like this. Our emotions go like this. But there's one line that goes straight. It is God. He's always the same. He never changes. His love and his grace will pursue you Around the mountain, wherever you are, he will find you. Grace will find you and bring you back to the constant of his place of peace, his place of love, his place of joy. So I've, I've just got a picture that I want to share. And when I prayed over BLC, I just saw a massive, massive icebreaker ship. And so if you can just put up that picture of, that's the picture of an icebreaker and most probably many years ago, they looked like that, but then there's one that Russia just made. It's completely different. It's the movability of the new one is, is different. Um, so that, that is, I saw BLC as, as an icebreaker. And you can see there, the bottom one, there's just ice. It's a bank of ice. And I just see BLC as, as this icebreaker breaking uh, the form, the religion, and breaking open where water can flow again uh, and allow people to follow and come. But uh, maybe just the, the shorter clip, um, just explaining a little bit of how it does it. Imagine this sharp pointed edge of my sledgehammer is the bow of my boat. It's perfect for cutting through the water and the waves. But let's see what happens when it encounters the ice. It didn't cleave its way through the ice. But Steinhaus realized that approaching the ice from a different angle produced a much better result. <laughs> that was amazing! And coming from above makes a big difference. 
so, Steinhouse set out to create a spoon-shaped hull that could crash down on the ice. The wider, shallow bow allowed a ship to slide up the edge of the ice before gravity forced it down on top. The ship's weight produced a huge shearing force and reduced the ice's resistance. To test it, engineers tow a scaled model with Steinhouse's spoon-shaped bow at around three and a half miles per hour, simulating an icebreaker's speed. The model's filled with instrumentation so they can see exactly what's happening, how the hull design is breaking up the ice. With the ratio, the ice it's cutting through is approximately three feet thick. In 1871, Steinhaus launched Icebreaker 1 into the seas. Its spoon-shaped bow design paved the way for vessels to reach the planet's most inaccessible locations. And I, and I just want to pray this over, over BLC and, and for many a year, when I come, if it's a school of the word or conference, um, any of, of my mindset of what I believed was corrected in this place uh, amongst you as a people and, and whoever stood on this platform. Um, and I want you to commend you and say, go and be that what you already are and continue doing, continue breaking open um, of, of something of, of what has been established, but it's, it's, it must be broken. Uh, the form needs to be broken. So a flow must be created again. And God wants to, wants to flow uh, with you. And, and this is a specially built uh, ship. A, a few vessels stands out from the majority due to its unique purpose. You have a unique purpose. You have a unique purpose. Don't move away from your purpose. It is to establish foundations accurately uh, based on the word. We need the truth today in the midst of false prophecy and false teachings out there. We need somewhere to, to anchor ourselves in, 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 the, in the accuracy of the word. And, and this is who you are. Uh, the move, movability, I think the latest one can actually turn around 180 degrees it can break open the ice, but it can also move the opposite direction at any, any given time. So stern first or bow first, whichever way. But this, just your, your movability in the spirit causes people to, to, uh, to, to find a place of freedom. Um, this is the place where I, was, I learned freedom uh, in the spirit. Um, and you are paving a way, breaking the form. Um, and then also, uh, just a technical thing is the weight of the ship causes the crack. And you are the ship. Um, there's, a, there's a oneness, a unity uh, that you need to guard. Uh, never lose that because that's how you built this floor, eh? All the jumping. <laughs> they said it, must, it, had, it had to be extra strengthened uh, because of a jumping church. <laughs> but, but so... All of you together makes out this, the weight of the ship, and it is that, the working, the, the functioning together as a body that causes the ice to constantly break. And so I just want to release that word over you. Lord, maybe just hold hands, uh, just to declare just this oneness and unity. Uh, oneness and unity. And Psalm 133, the Lord just commands a blessing upon this picture of oneness and unity. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so.
let it be so. And Lord, may they prophetically break open uh, the form, uh, that what is religion, that what is the political spirit, that, was, that what people just take as norm. Um, but Lord, break open that and, and bring us back to the truth uh, and let it be uh, through this church. Uh, let there be favor upon this church, abundant blessing upon this church. Lord, protect the relationships in this church. Uh, Lord, we honor uh, John and Lisa. We honor the leadership of this church. And may they continue to, to guide this ship um, with wisdom, with clarity, with eagle's eye view. Uh, so revelation I speak uh, over you people. Revelation, Lord, lift the veil. Enlighten the eyes of their hearts. May they see accurately and build accurately in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, as I, as I explained just out of our lives, uh, and if you read the newspapers, read wherever and look at your own life, there's just the life's forecast. There's most probably you'll end up somewhere in a storm or, or somewhere in, in some sort of resistance and somewhere in a, some sort of testing of faith. Um, but in the midst of that, there's a pathway of peace and joy, and we need to find that place. And maybe not just find it and climb out of it, but start to live in that, in that place. So one thing you can count on, uh, you will be hit by unexpected storms um, or trouble or need or whatever you have. Uh, and something that you have to contend for. Um, and these tempests in your life can, can throw you off course. Enough, enough uh, looking at my own life, I've, it, was, it was that. I was thrown off course. Uh, there was times, days, seasons, I was thrown off course. Um, some storms can feel so devastating that you start to believe there's no escape. So you lose a little bit of hope sometimes. Uh, Matthew 7 says, um, the rain comes, uh, the, the streams come, the winds come. And it says, if you uh, hear the word and do what the word says, uh, your house will be built on the rock. Um, and so it can thre threaten you. It can sink you emotionally and spiritually. Um, is it true or not? Maybe for us, you're working through the book of Colossians, so you must be fairly close to perfect <laughs> for eight months, <laughs> nine months. <laughs> so sometimes our faith can be shaken. Um, you can become bitter. Uh, I'm talking about the church, the people in the church. <laughs> and they can become cynical for a season. And another thing, distrustful of, of people in leadership. Uh, not here. Not here. Uh, only in Philippians Grown. <laughs> okay, so... Yeah, and every new year, like next year, it's 366 year, uh, days uh, of uncertainty. You're not going to know what's happened when you walk out of here or tomorrow. Um, every day brings 24 hours of uncertainty. But, but, but God. Every second of every hour, God's presence and power in our lives is available for us. Isn't it wonderful? What does the future hold? Question mark. We don't know. 
It really doesn't matter, does it? As long as Psalm 46, and we're going to start reading it just now, is true. His kingdom is forever. Exclamation mark. No question mark. His kingdom is forever. I want to encourage you today with this psalm, and I want to tell you, God knows about you individually. He knows about your marriage. He knows about your work situation, your health, your every need, the detail of his life. He's planned it already before, long before you were born. When you were in your mother's womb, he fearfully and wonderfully knitted you together for this purpose of this time on this earth. And so the Bible doesn't talk about the absence of calamity, but God promises his presence in trying times. Constantly he's there for us. He's in the middle of us. In, in the middle of the storm, he's with us. Um, and Hebrew 13, verse five in the Amplified, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will not, I will not, I will not. Three times he says, I'll not loosen my grip, my hold on you. I will always hold you. And if we look at Abraham's journey, uh, a, a journey of test of faith, there were delays, there were contradictions. The appearance of a situation, that, uh, but it contradicts the substance. And so I pray for healing. I'm, I'm looking for healing and I'm not healed. Well, the Bible says, if you pray, you will receive healing. But in the midst of that, God just does not change. He's still the healer. Uh, in the midst of not me at that moment receiving my healing. So this is the contradiction. Um, and for some, it becomes a crisis of confidence. For others, a, a theological confusion. Um, and for some, just simplistic rejection of the appearance and just saying, no, I want nothing to do with this. I can remember a time when uh, I was pursuing the baptism of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, I, and I couldn't break through in speaking in tongues. And I, and I pursued it wherever I could to find this answer. And I got to a place and this chap said, no, it doesn't exist. I prayed for it, I didn't receive it, so it's not true. And I said, no, it can't, can't be. If I read, it's, it's there. I'm not gonna listen to you. And I went and I continued to search for the truth. When I found it, I broke through in speaking in tongues and I, I wanted the whole truth. I didn't want someone to stand in front of me and say, no, because it didn't work for me, it's not true in the Bible. We are simply called to patience, patient endurance and to an intelligent, reasoned, faith-developing devotion to God's Word. It's long obedience. It's running the race. It's running the marathon. It's running the comrades. It's not running a 100-meter sprint. You see, we go to pick and pay and we get breakfast cereal mixed with milk and you can do the whole thing all in one and it's two seconds and, it's, and, and we, we want the answers also in that way. And we take out the process, we take out the journey, we take out the lovely interaction with God, uh, with his intimacy, with his journey, with his relationship. We lose all of that because we want a quick answer. Abraham, faith and facts, what, is, what was the fact for him? Living with faith does not ignore the fact or the truth of your circumstance. If your knee is sore, your knee is sore. Don't deny it. It recognizes that they are realities. The issues that we're facing every day is a reality. But it knows 
that they are not the end of the story. Your reality is not the end of the story because the test of faith is simply whether we will continue to believe God's word. And that was the most important lesson that I've learned over the years. Just continue, just in small little steps, small little steps, just continue, be, be obedient in the small little things. If God can trust you with a small little step, he can trust you with major stuff. And so find your obedience in the small little things. If God can trust you with 10 rand, he will be able to trust you with a million rand. But if you can't even be faithful with 10 rand, how can he trust you with a million rand? And so for Abraham, Romans 4, I've most probably read this portion for myself many a time. He says, against all odds, the odds are piled up against you today in your need, in your circumstance, in your situation. It's, it's in your face. Against all odds. When it looked hopeless, maybe you're facing something hopeless today. Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God by, uh, at his word. And as a result, he became the father of many nations. And we're part of that today. 4,000 plus years. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. In spite of being nearly 100 years old, when the promise of having a son was made, his faith was so strong that it could not undermine, be undermined by the fact, the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. He knew he was too old. He knew. You know today you're facing this situation. He never stopped believing God's promise for he was made strong in his father, in his faith to father a child. And because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fully, fulfill his promise, Abraham glorified God. Isn't it wonderful? Against all hope, you can declare that today. Against all hope, you can still believe and embrace the promise that God has for you. Martin, uh, Martin uh, Luther, he sang <laughs> Psalm 46. <laughs> he was very brave. He says, and he sang the Psalm 46 and he says, and let the devil do his worst. <laughs> That's quite a bold statement to make. But it was in this declaration, in this proclamation, in this uh, praise and worship and in thanksgiving that the breakthrough just comes. So, Psalm 46. I'm just gonna read it in the Passion. It's 11 verses. God on our side. The Passion translation just starts and he says, God on our side. Isn't it a wonderful starting point? God is on our side. For the pure and shining one by the prophetic singers of Korah's clan, and poetic song to the melody of hidden things. Verse one, God, you're such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. You a proven help in a time of trouble, more than enough and always available whenever I need you. So we will never fear, even if every structure of support were to crumble away, we will not fear even when the earth quakes and shakes moving mountains and casting them into the sea for the raging roar of stormy winds 
and crashing waves cannot erode our faith in you. And then he says, pause in his presence. Verse four, God is a constantly flowing river whose sparkling streams, we sing this, brings joy and delight to his people. His river flows right through the city of God most high into his holy dwelling places. God is in the midst of his city, secure and never shaken. At daybreak, his help will be seen with the appearing of the dawn. When the nations are in uproar with their tottering kingdoms, God simply raises his voice and the earth begins to disintegrate before him. Here he comes, the commander, the mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. The God of Jacob fights for us. Then he says, pause in his presence. Verse eight, everyone look, come and see the breathtaking wonders of our God. For he brings both ruin and revival. He's the one who makes conflict end throughout the earth, breaking and burning every weapon of war. Surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving and you will see that I'm God. I'm the God above all the nations and I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. Here I stand, the commander, the mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. The God of Jacob fights for us. Pause and think. Isn't it wonderful? It's a strong biblical passage and it reminds us that even in the face of trouble, in, even in the face of your trouble, even in the face of South Africa's trouble, God is our refuge and he's our strength. Other Psalms begins with a description of the crisis, but Psalm 46 begins with God's provision. Now, any which way, uh, David lots of times starts with his emotions and he gives his emotions to God and he puts it on the table plainly. But this Psalm starts with a declaration of God's provision and strength and power. Uh, three stanzas after each one, he says, think, stand still. And how many times do we stand still in our day just to find again the rhythm of the spirit in our day? We run, 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 run. And then by the end of the day, we look back and the day is gone. Enjoy your journey. When we go to Zambia, I say to the people, don't focus so much on the destination, enjoy the journey. Enjoy, enjoy the everyday. Enjoy life. It's an adventure with God. It's not without Him, it's with Him. And so here we, we, say, we see, find your rhythm every day with God and pause, pause your day. You can pause it. You don't have to allow the busyness of life to affect you. You pause. You can do it on a TV. You most probably did it 20 times yesterday with the two tries at the end. <laughs> pause, watch again. Pause, okay. rewind. Mm. <laughs> so the first portion, God, you're such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. The dominant idea if you want to take one idea out of this first portion, God is our refuge and our help. And I want you to, to declare it. Um, 
And if you're not desperate enough, it will come out like a squeak, like a mouse. But I remember the one time running from the house onto a dirt road. I was so desperate. I was lying on, on the dirt road and I opened my eyes. I just saw the cracks of, of the road. I was very desperate. And most probably if I prayed a prayer then, it was a very loud, desperate prayer shouting out to God, Lord, be my refuge, be my strength. And so wherever you are today, you can pray it, you can declare it um, and let it be for you in your need. If you are desperate today, you will find God. You will find him today. You will find him. And, and the wonderful thing, God's presence is amongst his people. We've always, we've got his presence. And, and there's a confidence in this psalm, starting from verse one of God's protection and his power. And what do we lose if we lose sight? One of the first things we also lose is our confidence. We, we take one step back, we take another step back instead, instead of pushing in. And I want you to, to say, get, by declaring this psalm, get your confidence back in the Lord. Maybe there was a disappointment or whatever. Get your confidence back in God because he's in your midst. The help of God is greater than your crisis or your chaos. More than enough. Listen, more than enough and always available. Whatever you need today, God's provision is more than enough of what you will need today. The little bit extra is just to go and bless somebody else because what you receive freely, go and give it. The more you give it, if you, if you receive grace in a certain uh, area of your life, go and give it uh, to somebody else. Go and give it to somebody else. And then he says, so we will never have to fear. No fear. The moment fear is a part of your life and it's part of your lifestyle, it's part of your praying or praying and then speaking negative, all of that, then you must start to declare again this psalm because get fear must move out of your heart because peace guards your heart. Peace guards your mind. And there's no place for fear where peace is present. Verse three, it cannot erode your faith for the, uh, for the raging roar of stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode our faith in you. It cannot erode your faith but do not let the issues of life, the storms of life, the things around you become so heavy that it starts to erode away your faith. If you, if you start to chop away a foundation under a house, the house will fall. Guard your house that you on the rock. The second stanza, God is a constantly flowing river. The dominant idea is God is the center of it all. God is the center of it all. Secure, never shaken. Your house is on the rock. The rock does not move. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So if you're on the rock, you cannot be shaken. We are part, 
Hebrew says, we are part of an unshakable kingdom. We are a people that are part of an unshakable kingdom. And whatever is shaking around us, and a lot of our lives are shaking at the moment because all the shaking, all the stuff is falling off, what is not Jesus. But people want to anchor themselves, and where will they anchor? In the church, amongst us as a people, wherever you are. People that are shaken, are being shaken at the moment, they want to be anchored. Lend a hand and allow people to be anchored in you. And then the second stanza is one that it, it describes a journey. Uh, it is this river that flows. Um, it's a journey. As I said, it's a marathon. Fix your eyes on Jesus. That's our, our first and foremost thing is to fix your eyes on Jesus. But in this walk, what is available to us is refreshing. And we need refreshing because the first thing that I lose is my joy. The first thing that I lose is my peace. And the first person that knows it is my wife. <laughs> and the people around me. <laughs> so this is a wonderful people. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. I will rejoice. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. There is a fountain full of grace. And it flows from Emmanuel's veins. It came and it healed me. It came and it healed me. It came and it washes my sins away. So I will rejoice, I will rejoice. And there's a place of this constant flowing. And it speaks about Ezekiel 47 river out of the temple. And ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, swimming. And where the river flows, it brings life. You, we need the Holy Spirit. It constantly refreshes. It constantly uh, brings us, makes it new and fresh every day. Um, Revelation 22, this same temple with a demonstration of this river. Uh, and, and for us today here, in my spirit man is the river, a fountain of living water springing up. And sometimes it just get, gets clogged up. And, and we need to loosen up just this river again. And one of the things is just speaking in tongues and allowing the river just to flood and overflow. Edify yourself by speaking in tongues and allow the river just to be filled up again. Are you overflowing today? Are you overflowing with joy? Or is your glass like that? That's for you, the overflows, to be able to minister outside and give away what is the excess and the, uh, the overflow of, of your life. And so, this river, just release it from, from within. And verse seven is a confidence chorus. The Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord of hosts. Who's fighting for you? The Lord of hosts is fighting for you. The army of his people, the army of heaven. It emphasizes God's glory, his mighty connection uh, with this idea that the, this glorious God is with his people. The picture of Israel and God wants to be their God and he wants them to be his people. Similar for us with the Holy Spirit in us today. The Holy Spirit with my spirit cries out, Abba Father. It is this connection 
of the river of life flowing out of me. The reality of God the Father becomes real to me when the Holy Spirit speaks with my spirit. And I can speak, I can say, Abba, Father. And the, and the God of Jacob, we know Jacob's life, and emphasizes the aspect of, he's a covenant of grace. He's the God of Abraham. He's the God of Isaac. He's the God of Jacob. He's my God. He's the one that releases grace to me. He's the one when, when he spoke to Paul, when Paul says, I can't, I can't do it. The Lord says, my grace is sufficient. When, you, when you're weak, my grace is perfected in your weakness. And so stand and see how God, the great commander with his army comes and he fights with you. And then the last stanza, verse eight, everyone look, come and see the breathtaking wonders. And that is the wonders that you've pegged out for yourself in your life. Look back. And I want to encourage you today. What is the dominant idea? Consideration of the glory of God. God has done something in your life. We, we tend to lose sight of what he's done already. Just from the Red Sea to the next point, the Israelites lost sight of the miracle of God bringing them out of Egypt. And we lose sight. We've got a short memory. There's one word that Moses, in the whole book of Deuteronomy, if you want to put it all together in one word, Moses said, remember. Joshua, Israel, please remember. Remember, remember. <laughs> Tomorrow we've forgotten again. Remember. Remember and mark it. I've got dates and things in my Bible that I still refer back. 1998, there. Oh, God was so good. This, 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 this. Recall and write down the mighty acts of God in your life personally. The mighty acts in the word will encourage you. Remind yourself what God has done. Remind yourself what God has done. So declare, refresh yourself, remind yourself what God has done. Behold the works of God. We forget. We forget. I have to remind again our people in Phileas Kroon. They're full of fear, full of uncertainty. Well, what did God do last year? What did God do the previous year? Every year it's the same thing. We contend for rain. <laughs> and every year God comes through. We forget. From last year to this year, we forget. And what do we do? We use these places. God, remember, we prayed, remember, God answered. Verse 10, a word from God himself. Now God himself says, surrender, yield. No more anxiety, no more striving because that's what we do. Because I am, the same I am that revealed himself to Moses is the same I am that comes into your situation and he releases himself in your situation. The one that met Moses at the burning bush is the one that meets me at the point of my need, at the point of your need, at the point of where you are right now. He will meet you right now and he will walk with you. He will encourage you. He will strengthen you. He will empower you by his grace, his love, his faithfulness, his goodness. That is our God. That is what I can testify about today. 
It is his goodness. It is God. And so verse 11, once again, it's the confidence chorus. Confidence chorus is something that you can sing with clarity because you see it and you can declare it. God with us. God with us. He's the king of the multitude. He's the king of the community. He's the king of the host. He's also the God of the individual. Personal relationship. Even so for Jacob. Even so for me and you. Even so for Luke 12 verse 7 it says, Every very hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not be afraid. <laughs> That's intimate. That's detail. That's my God. So today, I want to leave you with this psalm and I want you to walk out of that door full of hope, full of confidence, full of boldness because God is for you. He's not against you. If he is for you, who can be against you? Romans 8. So maybe whatever your storm is, whatever your situation is this morning, I'm gonna pray over you. You take and you will apply, you can apply this psalm, you can apply any scripture that what you've hold, been holding on to, your finances. Maybe you're wanting a breakthrough this morning. Maybe you're just, you've, you've, you've just in this place of anxiety. Whatever it is, it hasn't taken God by surprise. He's preparing a pathway of deliverance for you. Number one, just run to God. Number two, what, what we've done this morning, run to the word, go to the word, take a psalm, read it. Number three, do not, do not, do not separate yourself from the fellowship of believers. You're like a sitting duck all on your own, isolated. In, my dif in our difficult times in Coxted, when we prayed every week, the Dormels were the center point of, ah, oh, again, we must sit. We felt, it's again, we're sitting in the middle for prayer. But if, if it wasn't for the believers in Coxted those years, I could not stand before you today to share the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. It was family that pulled me through. Us as a, Patrick was one of them. He walked with me for more than seven plus years. Him and Janet. I sat on a weekly basis with him. There was a day that I walked into his office and I said, in Afrikaans, I won't tell you, I'll just rather do the English version. Akis, uh, um, oh, I speak English. <laughs> I'm finished with this thing of Christianity. It's not working. One prayer over me propelled me into a new season. The next week, a door from another angle for finances opened up. I didn't even expect it. It took a while to work out in the physical, but when I felt it in the spirit of breakthrough, nine months later, the physical breakthrough of finances came through. Perseverance, you see, patience, trusting God. He spoke a word, it will be fulfilled. And there we went on into a next season of breakthrough. There that day, when one person prayed one prayer over me, wanting to throw my life away. One prayer, God became my refuge again. He became my help. 
He became my strength that day. So do not separate yourself from the fellowship. Guard your heart with all that you have. Guard your heart against offense. Guard your heart against offense with God because you do not understand. Guard your heart against disappointments. Guard your heart against question marks. Use praise, use declaration, use uh, prayer, praying in tongues, just all of this. Use what you have to strengthen you, to bring you out of this place. You, we are eagles. Uh, we, we are taught to fly and use the wind of the Spirit to fly through a storm. An eagle does not fear a storm. Sometimes he chooses to fly into a storm because he can fly through the storm. And when he gets up above the storm, he looks down onto the storm. So let's just turn our hearts to God. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good. Thank you for every heart. Thank you for every need. Thank you for every emotion. Thank you for every situation that, you, that is here today where we cry out to God. We cry out to you, Lord, and we know you today will bring breakthrough. You will bring healing. You will be our refuge. You will lift the veil so that we can see accurately new perspective. Some of us just needs new perspective just to see differently, see through the eyes of God today. Just release empowering grace upon us. Empowering grace. Grace that sustains us in this time, moves us into a new season, strengthens us, refreshes us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Release just a restoration of joy, restoration of peace over your hearts. Peace, it surpasses all understanding, but it's peace that guards your heart, it guards your mind. It is well-being, wellness, prosperity, nothing missing, nothing broken. It's a restoration of relationship, restoration of back to Jesus, back to God. Thank you, Jesus. So let it be so. In the name of Jesus. Amen.